Hey, my name is Gavin, and I'm the producer of Off the Notepad. I just kind of wanted to say thank you for listening. And, uh, you know, one of the best things that you can do for this podcast is sharing it with loved ones, friends, family, distant relatives, just really anyone who's willing to listen. So, again, thank you for listening, and I hope that you're willing to share this content with other people. Besides that, I will see you all at the break. Bye! Hello there. Welcome to Off the Notepad. I'm Halika Campbell. And I'm Victoria D'Angelo. And we are co-empress creative writing majors. Yep, that is our title. It's true. And refer to us as such. Only by your highness. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, that's not accurate, is it? It's your majesty for the highest. Is it really? Why do you think there was a difference? There is. There is. Your majesty is for a king title. Your Highness is for Prince or Princess. Oh, you know, that makes so much sense. Okay. So yeah, Your Majesty, please and thank you. Not please. Thank you. <laughs> this is a great intro. No thank you. Just <laughs> call us Majesties. Just, it's not hard. You will be executed. <laughs> in subordination. Okay. I have a protagonist for you. Awesome. It's one we've been waiting for. Ooh. The time has come. Ooh. This is the cat burglar. The cat burglar! A snide, cunning street genius, typically punished for their greed. Usually they end up getting caught as a natural consequence of their work, but they always have a way out. Once this character learns to play nice with others and work as a team, they usually find success, for better or for worse. Okay. So that's who we're working with. All right, let's see. Let's do this prompt. The protagonist is zapped into their favorite movie or TV show. What genre is it? Do they take the place of a character or are they a brand new character entirely? Oh my god. Oh my god, wait. Can we do a... Can it be... Because I'm thinking like 20-something guy, Mm. right? Like either petty thief or con artist sure 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 um, can it be like his childhood fair just like a western oh no <laughs> i love it when people are like transported into westerns and they don't know what's happening there's just like cowboys and guns we're in a western movie then we're in a western oh, movie gosh. does he replace a character or is he a new one entirely what do you think hmm I feel like it'd be interesting to get him to just drop him in there as a brand new character, and then suddenly he's the new sheriff in town. I was just going to say, because it's either he's in as a new character and ends up becoming the sheriff, or he replaces the sheriff, because the sheriff was his favorite. I'm the new sheriff in town! And it's like, the idea of a petty thief becoming the sheriff in a yes. western is so funny. Oh, Okay. So what if he's, like, the new sheriff in town because the old one's retiring? Could be. Could be. I like that. I also like the idea that uh, this was a Western he watched a lot as a kid because, like, his parents weren't around. You know, a classic move. Oh, yeah. But, like, the sheriff, the sheriff who's retiring was, like, the father he always wanted to have. Oh, yes. So it's, like, it's that moment of, well, you can't, you're not leaving town, though, right? Like, you're still going to be around because I'd really like to get to know you better. Sheriff teaches him how to shoot. How to ride a horse. He doesn't know how to ride a horse. No. Oh, my God. 
So we have a little a coming of age story there. Mm-hmm. I feel like a coming of age story for a twenty year old. <laughs> you know he needs it, I guess. <laughs> Daddy issues galore. <laughs> oh, I feel like over the course of the story, he learns to use his um, skills as a thief for like good. Mm. Like he he's able to investigate crimes a lot better. Robin Hood. Very Robin Hood. What you got in the back? Did you say coming to, coming of age at twenty? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's you're in. You've taken the Japanese culture class. That's fucking common. To come of age at age twenty. That's a coming yeah. of age ceremony, not a coming of age story. Okay, but like, that's kind of the idea, though, is that like twenty is when you come of age. Yeah, it's typically, like, we're thinking more of the genre, the uh, 14-year-old who comes into... A better understanding of themselves. uh, Yeah, either it's coming of age from 14 to 16, which are, like, the big years, Mm -hmm. or from 16 to 18. Yeah. Because we typically mark that with graduating high school Mm -hmm. is a coming-of-age story. Mm -hmm. So technically, high school musical is coming-of-age. Oh, no. Yes, think about that, comrades. (laughs) Also, 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 this is not Japan. Fuck Japan. I'm kidding. I love Japan. (laughs) I love it. I studied it for six years. You question me? Don't question her. You won't get the answer you want. I am a majesty. Don't question her majesty. It won't end the way you want it to. I know, but is that really common, a coming-of-age ceremony at age 20? Yeah, that's a whole Japanese ceremony. Really? It's like literally everyone does it. Oh. Is it a, it's not a birthday thing, right? It's like there's a coming of age day yeah. where it's everyone the, celebrates. It's yeah. the second Monday in, in January. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. I had no idea. That was a cool tangent. Mm-hmm. The more you know. Yeah. Our 20-year-old is not, in fact, doing this coming of age ceremony. <laughs> he could be avoiding it. Like, it'd be kind of funny. He doesn't really want to come to terms with the fact that he's 20. Is this a 20-year-old Japanese boy? <laughs> Could be. In a Western. This just became an isekai. Disgusting. <laughs> oh. Every so often, you just ride an isekai and just let it happen, you know? Like, you think to yourself, no, this is a unique and interesting Back topic. to the Future is an isekai. Back to the Future is an isekai. Most Adam Sandler movies are isekais. Oh, no. (laughs) It's true. That man's always getting transported somewhere. It's weird. No one talks about it. This is my favorite way of disturbing Gavin, just bringing up random movies. That was an isekai. That's a really good bit. So now we're writing a Western isekai. It was always going to be an isekai. Yeah, let's be real. (laughs) Let's be honest. We were going to get there one way or another. So we have this 20-year-old who's avoiding, whether it's coming-of-age day or just avoiding the fact that he's 20. Maybe he's not even 20. Maybe he's, like, 25. Oh, no. And he hasn't he hasn't grown up in the slightest. Because he has daddy issues. Trademarked. This kid's a cat burglar. He's that, too? <laughs> he's a cat burglar. Is that how he makes his living? Yeah. He absolutely does not have a real job. Mm-hmm. He just sort of steals from others. But now we have him trapped in his favorite world as a local authority. I assume he's not good at it at first, hence why the sheriff father figure has to teach him through it. Mm -hmm. I want our 20-year-old to get 
kidnapped by the gang, the bad gang in town. The bad cowboys? The bad cowboys. Oh my god. Okay, he gets kidnapped by the bad cowboys. And like, there's so much more like him than the sheriff is. Oh no. (laughs) No. (laughs) They understand him. Yeah. They know what it's like to be fucking orphaned, to have daddy issues. They also know how to pick a lock. Oh, my God. He teaches them how to pick locks. Yeah, more properly. I imagine he's, like, tied up, and they're trying to do something, and he's like, um, if you just twist it the other way, like... He teaches them how to kidnap him correctly! Oh, my God. He's like, these ropes, like, these knots, they're just not very effective. They're really loose. I could get out of it really easy. No, you can't. Okay. Here you go. It's like, now if you had zip ties, I'm like, what's a zip tie? What? (laughs) All right, kids, let me show you some knots. He's like, ah, whatever. Um, Okay, so our 20-year-old is kidnapped. He's teaching these guys how to be worse people, and he's enjoying himself. Yeah. I think more so than he did as sheriff. Oh, no. So then... Is our climax when the old sheriff, like, bursts in to save him and he's not even tied up? Oh, God. And then sheriff just kind of yells at him. Does sheriff get detained by the gang? Yeah, he does. Aww. And you know what? 20-year-old orders him to be detained. (gasps) No. Yeah. Does 20-year-old lead the gang now? I think he does. No. I think he doesn't realize it, but through the conversation with the sheriff who is tied up and the 20-year-old who is not... Like, they're talking, and the sheriff is like, you're in charge of this gang now? And he's like, no, I'm a, um, I'm an advisor. I want want everyone in the gang to be younger than him. Way younger. And, like, genuinely look up to him. Yeah, yeah, they do. They totally do. That'd be such a good way if, like, we wanted to have a happy ending. Then he finds goodness in his heart, and so he shows the younger people who look up to him the goodness in their hearts. Right. Shows them that their potential is wasted on petty theft. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Classic morality. So how do we... That is if we want a happy ending. I was going to say, we don't have to. Is this man trapped in this western isekai? Is he not going to leave? He doesn't know, therefore I don't need to know yet. That is how You're I approach so right. my isekai. <laughs> You're so right. Listen, the characters never have to leave if I don't want them to. <laughs> they can just stay here. God, I love that. I would kind of love that as a plot point, because that's always so interesting in isekais, I think, is you get into this isekai world and this has become an isekai talk you get into this isekai world and you're like how the fuck do i get out of here i want to go home and then you get a little bit of growth and you're like maybe i don't want to go home yeah like maybe this is where i want to stay because maybe things are better here yeah i I mean he has our 25 year old something yeah our mid-twenties cat burglar just got a found family. Yeah. A family who shows him the respect he's always wanted. Yeah. Hmm. We've given him everything he's wanted. He's actually good at something for once. Like, being a cat burglar is kind of like... It's not cool. No, it sucks. But if you're in a Western and you're the leader of a gang and you're super good at, like robbing people and apparently kidnapping too that makes you really fucking cool 
It does. It does. Because you are always going to set the drama in a Western. Yeah. And that's what, like, moving away from these guys, that's what Westerns capitalize yeah. off of. It's the tension. It's the skill. So, like, he's perfectly well-suited for this world. Yeah. But I want to tear him out of it. I want to kick him out. Yeah. Like, not uh, maybe midway through the story he's forced back into real life. I just mean, like, I need him to decide that he needs to lead an actual life. Because I feel like this is a toy box. He's trapped himself in a world mm. where he has everything he's ever wanted. I want to tear him out. Mm-hmm. Do you think coming to the terrible realization that he is the villain in his favorite movie would tear him out? I think it would make him realize that this isn't who he wants to be. Yeah. And that's where we start sort of the... Um, like he vehemently hated the villain as a child. Yeah. And now that he sees himself as the villain, it's like... It's awful. So that's when we start getting the slow resolution. Because climax is definitely that conversation between Sheriff and our middle-aged... Not middle-aged, mid-twenties. Uh, middle-aged! He just like gets older! He's 35. <laughs> he keeps getting older. Oh. Character trait is I don't have a 401k. No. <laughs> um, no, it's like Cat Burglar and Sheriff have this talk, and then he realizes, actually, I need to rebuild what I have. So he starts making the gang, like, maybe rebuild the saloon that they robbed. They have to take care of horses now. They have to learn how to do things properly. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, somehow, he either feels it in his heart that he's going to wake up the next day and he won't be here anymore. Or he finds something that will allow him to go back. No, I love that he just, like, feels it in his heart and then he has to give this teary goodbye to everybody mm -hmm. right before he goes to bed. Yeah. And Would everyone's like, you're going to be here tomorrow, aren't you? Like, no. Which would you prefer, like the "Hey, I'm leaving and I'm not coming back," or this very subtle "I care about you and I just want you to know that"? Oh, I prefer the subtlety, because what's better too is like the characters who do catch on to that and the characters who don't. Yeah. So like, the characters who don't are going to be the gang, probably the owner of the saloon that he was flirting with, so on and so forth. But the sheriff is gonna know. When was he flirting with the owner of the saloon? I have no clue. Maybe <laughs> when he had time. I just have a feeling he did. I just, I know him, and I know he was that kid who oh, was like, okay. I have a crush on the lady with the big boobs in the back. It's like, you know, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Just, it clicks with him. He's such a dork. Um, no, yeah, I totally agree, though. Like, the old sheriff knows. Yeah, and he's like, you make it sound like you're not trying to say goodbye. But you are. And it's just that terrible moment where they're both so heartbroken over this. I kind of don't want the sheriff to say it either. I don't just think like he can. know it. Yeah. And just take it in his heart. Say something that's close enough to goodbye, but yeah. not quite there. Like the sheriff is also kind of saying goodbye. Yeah. This may he... or may not be influenced by the last episode of Lucifer. Oh <gasps> Lucifer. Is it the last episode? No, it's not the last episode. No, it's like the last season. Yeah, that fun. So emotional. No, it's just like... That came out relatively recent. You should have said spoiler alert. Well, nothing specific was given. Just know that it's sad. It's sad. It is a final season. If you're not, like, emo... Just because someone says goodbye doesn't mean they leave. That is true. That is true. That'd be kind of cute as, like, a tagline in the book. Sheriff's like, just because you're saying goodbye doesn't mean you'll be gone forever. You know, like, just something, just say see you later. I love when characters, like, just say that you'll see me again soon, you know? Like, don't say goodbye. That makes me upset. I love characters like that. Yeah, that's really cute. 
So he goes back to real world. He goes back to real world. I don't know how long we're going to spend with him in the real world. Final scene, he walks into a therapist's office. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Honestly, that's how every isekai should end. (laughs) That's how every story should end. It's true. Get your protagonist a lot of trauma and then get them a little bit of help. I'm going to end every book I ever publish with. And then he walked into the therapist's therapist's office. office. And then the therapist's door shut behind him. Oh, my God. No, no, no. I'm going to name the therapist, too. And it's going to be the same therapist in every Every book. Yes. That's good writing. I just... I kind of love the idea that, like, he's being... Maybe we set it up in the very beginning of the book where he's being hounded by some debt collector. He's, like, pounding at his door. And that's what wakes him up in this final scene oh, is the debt collector. Cute. And he opens the door and the debt collector is like, I've been waiting for so long. And he just like hugs him or something. <gasps> yeah. And he's just like, I'm going to start working on myself. I'm going to get you that money. And then just like walks past him with the biggest smile on his face. And the debt collector is like, okay, thanks. I see you bought yourself a bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused by that, but whatever. Oh, as much as I love that, I'm also like, I feel like this cat burglar does not have a debt collector. He has a loan shark on his ass. Oh, yeah. That'd be way better. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. I want like a classic loan shark with the terrible Brooklyn accent. Just like give the money to him. What about a girl boss loan shark? Oh my god, a girl boss loan shark. Slamming on his door and then he opens it. It's like, I'm so happy to see you. Like, oh, I've missed you. If we want to get a little edgy, you could kiss her on the lips before walking before right he, past her. Honestly, he should. I think it'd be funny. He's always. I think he's like tried to flirt his way out of her, like, oh yeah. his ass. And always, like, it just flusters her. She has a little crush on him because he's he's charming, but he's a terrible person. Oh yeah, it's like you are in. You owe me so much money. Like I cannot stress this enough. He's I'm like, gonna do it. I'm gonna finally get a job today. I'm gonna do it. He's like, oh. I bet he makes some like stupid comment where he's like, after I get a job, like let me take you out for dinner for real. Oh, it's so like cute. so cute. And she's like, huh. Stressed. Can I can I edit that ending a little bit? He 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 gives her a kiss on the lips, walks away, says, "I'm gonna go apply to McDonald's. <laughs> meet me, meet me there later for my free meal." Oh my god! Please, please, that's so good. Oh, what an icon! I love him. I love our cat burglar. Oh. <clears throat> Well, that was a fun one. (laughs) I'm so glad we got to hit a Western. I love Westerns. Yes, yes. All right. Thank you for listening to that segment. We will catch you guys after the break. See you later. Bye-bye. Editor. Editor. No, I need you to hit the pause pause button. button. Oh, God. (laughs) Why are we not paused? And welcome to the break. So I hope you all have uh, shared this episode like i asked you at the very beginning because i know you all are fantastic listeners and you know you wouldn't do me like that you'd totally share it and um yeah i hope you all enjoyed that first segment and 
upcoming, you will hear a interesting take on imaginary friends. I hope you all enjoy Off the Notepad, and I will see you all in the next episode. Bye! Hey there, welcome back. We missed you a little. Eh. Uh, anyways, that was awful. We miss you a lot. Always. Forever. Maybelline? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a character for you. Do you really? I do. Okay. So, hmm, I'm actually a little off recording. How many episodes do you plan on recording today? How long do you have? Uh, just until 11, because then I have to skedaddle. Okay. So, I'm really excited about this protagonist. Okay. So, this is someone's imaginary friend. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to pick a prompt. Okay. Instead of just going to the next one. Okay. Because I have no idea how we're going to make this work. <laughs> okay. Just... You know, usually I go really in-depth with my prompts and protagonists. They're pretty chunky. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This one is... It's a vampire romance. Oh, It's gosh. that vampire romance. It's the vampire romance. Oh, no. I don't no. know what that means, but we're going to make it happen. Okay. Oh, no. Is our imaginary <laughs> friend a vampire? Could be. Could be. I kind of like that. Or is this the imaginary friend of a vampire? Oh... Let's mess with that route a bit. Okay. The imagine what does the imaginary friend of a vampire look like? Because the benefits of having an imaginary friend as a vampire is because uh, vampires are immortal. I'm mm -hmm. assuming we're still. Oh no. So it's like, of course, you want someone who's going to stick with you forever. Mm-hmm. And an imaginary friend will do just that. Mm-hmm. But then, is the imaginary friend like imagined to be a vampire or a human? That's. I think it depends on our vampire because if it is a natural if it's a natural born vampire then I imagine their uh imaginary friend is a vampire. If they were sired into vampirism, then I imagine it might be a human. Right, like just a human face yeah. that they recall. Cuz yeah. I like I like both routes where it's like in the vampire imaginary friend, it's like uh, the vampire. The vampire imaginary friend is always talking about like uh, the vampire takes me with them on hunts. Like mm -hmm. I'm constantly there. I never leave their side. I have seen them at their worst. I have seen them at their best. But then the human imaginary friend allows for this uh, naive innocence, mm -hmm. where the vampire is like, I wanted to keep you as you were in my mind. Mm -hmm. That's why I kept you like this. So I don't take you with me on hunts. I pretend they don't happen. But obviously, the imaginary friend knows they're, you know. Oh, yeah. You're a vampire. Yeah. So it's like there's almost a scandalous, a scandalous and desperate attempt to keep secrets on the vampire's end, which is insane. Because why would you? That's your imaginary friend. Mm -hmm. Unless it's not. Unless it's not. Unless they're real. <laughs> a character who thinks they're an imaginary friend is like such a dangerous, dangerous line. Because oh. it's like... That just, it messes with the reader's head. It messes with the writer's head. Oh, no yeah. one is left safe. <laughs> Unreliable narrator who? Just like to the max. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So what's, what's our plot line? Because our imaginary characters are 
main character. Yeah, so we're the protagonist as the imaginary friend. Yeah. The vampire. It does have to be a romance. It doesn't have to be a romance romance. between the imaginary friend and the vampire, but there has to be a romantic plot as our big one. Okay. Whose person A in our romance? Is it vampire or is it imaginary best friend? I kind of like the sickly sweet feeling of falling in love with your imaginary friend. Yeah. Like, I'm really addicted to how awful that is. (laughs) I'm like... Oh my god, it's so painful, just sort of the um, the techniques you have to pull for that, because they can mm-hmm. never actually touch, they can never have real conversations, because the conversation is always one-sided. Mm-hmm. I always know what you're going to say, and you're always going to say exactly what I want you to. Mm-hmm. So there's like a, a push and pull with that. I'm kind of intrigued by this idea that like, that's what our vampire believes, right? Like, they believe this is a 100% imaginary friend who will do exactly what they want, whenever they want, until they don't. Yeah, because I kind of like the imaginary friend growing more and more... Independent. Independent, sentient. And that could be whether it's they're actually becoming real or the vampire is losing control of their own psyche. Yeah. And that's why. I love this vampire, like, garnering feelings for their imaginary friend and then the imaginary friend is, maybe they are human, maybe they're kind of this oblivious little thing until they're not, and then they're like, no. Yeah, like, I don't believe you. Or even better, it's just like, the vampire, I'm imagining this as a lesbian romance, so in my mind, it's okay. like, she, her. Um, but I imagine, like, the vampire as, like, she comes home, she's covered in blood, she doesn't want to talk about it. But we all know she's been feeding. Sure. And the imaginary friend has always known this. But then, like, the vampire, she continues to lie. Like, maybe she says she has a job as a coroner or something. And then the imaginary, it just, like, clicks for a moment. She goes, mm, you weren't at your job. Like, you were feeding. And I know that. And I don't know why you keep lying to me about it. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a fight. Yes. It's like, I don't come home for you to question me. I want that fight to end with the vampire saying, go away. Oh my god, yeah. Because, like, normally when a conversation with an imaginary friend ends, they don't, like, leave out a door. They don't leave out of a... They just disappear. Oh, yeah. But this time, I think our imaginary friend, she does just leave. She goes out the door. Oh, shit. And it's so... It's so normal. And that's what makes it worse. Mm Mm-hmm. So our imaginary friend, whether it's by, like, a damaged psyche or vampire magic, is becoming more and more independent and real. Wow, how is that, like, working with our vampire? She's losing her fucking mind. She is. She doesn't know what's real anymore. She doesn't know if she's hurting someone who is real or if she's just hurting herself. Like, it's so... It's miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's so head over heels, too. She is. Because who else has stayed by her side this long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like our vampiress is also someone who's very antisocial. Like, Mm -hmm. she's not... She doesn't like the other vampires, and she doesn't care for humans anymore. Not into covens. Not into covens. Mm -mm. And if there are other supernatural creatures, I think she has her own prejudices towards all of them. Like, no one will understand her, Mm -hmm. and she doesn't care about anything else. But her imaginary friend, who's always there, like, she understands her very well. Mm -hmm. Do you think this vampire, before any of this crazy narrative has like accepted that they're a little bit off like i have an imaginary friend that's weird 
Yeah, I think so. I and think, then it spirals. And then it gets worse. Because at first it's just like, well, this is a habit I have. Everyone mm-hmm. has habits. Everyone has pastimes. It's like talking to yourself. Yeah. I think that's probably something the vampire also says at one point. It's like it's a little more sane than talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. You know what I'd love to see? Hmm. I'd love to see the vampire become a little desperate to get out of her head so she does start socializing more. Ooh. Because then I want the imaginary best friend to get jealous. Ooh. <laughs> like, I want her to get mad. Like, oh, now you're talking to people? Like, I want her to get bitter. <laughs> you don't need me anymore? Yeah. I want, like, it to be, like, really bad. Like, the 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 vampiress leaves for like two weeks oh and leaves the imaginary friend at the estate yeah like as a mental note to herself you're going to be here and i'm going to be there you are not to come with me yeah oh because then it's like if we're still running with the damaged psyche it's even worse when the vampire comes back Mm -hmm. because now the imaginary friend has the knowledge that they have been left yeah oh that's so much where because it sounds like we're heading towards another fight the best friend, or I guess lover in this case, is becoming more and more agitated, upset, hateful mm-hmm. of her creator. And the vampire is just becoming more and more tired. She's exhausted. No one is giving her answers. And she feels like she's alone again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So it's like, what is, what is the next move in this story? Can they reconcile? I don't think they can. Oh, I think no. at this point they've started saying things to one another that are so awful mm-hmm. that there's no coming back. Oh no. Does vampire how real is imaginary friend? Because I feel like we could take this one of two ways. Either vampires um vents to somebody and says yeah i've had this imaginary friend for a long time now and it's causing me problems and i need help alternatively imaginary friend could talk to somebody who's not vampires oh that's where things get scary yeah maybe the vampire is like you know what the vampires makes a friend it's another it's basically the equivalent to a vampire therapist um, I also want her to be another woman just cause I think, sure. it's, I think it's funny. Um, but vampire therapist shows up at the estate and is like, look, like I'm here to help you reconcile with your imaginary friend. We're going to make that work. They have dinner. Imaginary friend doesn't come out. Then vampire therapist goes to the bathroom and imaginary friend corners her there. And it's like this really tense scene because imaginary friend in her mind, our protagonist is like, she's not even going to sort of weigh in on the fact that she can speak to someone who isn't vampires. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's just angry. She's like, are you going to take her away from me? Are you going, what are your intentions? And oh, vampire yes. therapist is like, you're real? <laughs> what the hell? Like, so we have both. Vampires told therapists, like, I have issues. Please be my friend anyway. And yeah, then I need your help. And then imaginary friends like, who the fuck are you? Because <laughs> like, mm. then, oh, that's where you can play it where it's like the vampire, I don't know, vampire magic. You can have a weird vampire magic system where maybe through like desperation, imaginary friend became more and more akin to real life. 
or maybe it's a, a curse placed on vampires by something else, whatever the reason. But we have to sort this out because now vampire therapist is in this little love triangle. Oh, no. So it's like, I, I kind of want vampire therapist to be scared. I would be scared. I kind of want vampire therapist to be murdered. I was just thinking the same thing. I want, ooh, because imaginary best friend, imaginary lover, has cornered vampire therapist in the bathroom. I think vampires hears the screams. She goes up there and she sees that like a vampire therapist is, uh, I don't know, on the floor in a corner. And imaginary lover is just like turning to her with some kind of weapon. She's able to grab things now. Oh no. That's how angry she is. And they have a screwing match and vampire therapist is just like in the middle of it. And then vampire therapist tries to leave the situation and gets killed. Yes. I feel like we just made another fight. We did. This is nothing but fights that I'm here for it. It's such a toxic cycle. We love that, though. What's most interesting, however, is it is not specified who kills vampire therapist. Because we could go with the obvious route where it's imaginary friend flies off the handle, kills her. Mm -hmm. Or vampires kills vampire therapist in an attempt to prove her loyalty to imaginary friend once more. Makes a sacrifice. Goes, I would never leave you. That's ridiculous. I would love, I'm not sure how to do this in a written medium, but imagining this like on a screen where it's this very twisty, turny shortcuts. You don't know exactly what's happening. You can't tell if it's a vampire or imaginary best friend who cornered therapist in the bathroom. Oh my God. Yes. She's like this broken, broken psyche. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So you can't really tell who it is. So that that plays into like, we don't know who killed therapist. Mm-hmm. And in the end, maybe we don't have to know. Yeah. Because has our couple reconciled now? <laughs> like over the death of vampire therapist? They're just hugging each other in the bloody bathroom. Oh, my God. It's even better because it's like. When you do shots to the bathroom mirror, because I'm also thinking about this on a screen as like a psychological, maybe horror romance, but it's like shots to them getting very intimate with each other in the bathroom. You shoot to the mirror. There's nothing there. (gasps) You can't see the vampire. You can't see the imaginary friend. It's gone. (sighs) So it's just like it's this incredibly intimate moment that can't be witnessed by anyone. I find mirrors terrifying. Really? Mirrors are kind of weird. I like them. They're terrifying. What you can see in them, what you can't see inside them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's on the other side of a mirror? Mm. <gasps> How far mirrors go. Oh. Mirrors that have, like, long like Oh, long my God. Depth. Infinite mirrors? No. Oh, um, no. Mirrors are something else. I feel like you could play with mirrors, like, all throughout this screenplay. Yeah, yeah. My grandparents... Back when I lived up in Portland, had a bathroom where there were counters on both sides and mirrors on both sides. And it was a small bathroom. Like, it was maybe 10 feet across both mirrors. And you just have an infinity mirror. And I'm like, no, stop. I don't want to see that. I don't ever want to be in that room again. That's fair. Yeah, just like that emptiness as you just like look into infinity because that's the closest we can probably get Mm -hmm. because even the ocean has a bottom space has a top somewhere i imagine Mm -hmm. 
it's just like you know it's wild Mm -hmm. but yeah you know i would love to see how mirrors play a role in this story because it's like you just you never see anything and it just makes you doubt everything so much more instead of one person being fake everything is fake everything is fake everything feels like a prop for something bigger and i love that about this story like it's Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. miserable but how does it end because we have imaginary friend and vampires have reconciled in an incredibly intimate way Mm -hmm. so what now I wonder if it's not dropping the ball to end it very homely. I think the two of them are just sitting at breakfast together. I kind of love that. Or even it's like a a sweet montage with like romantic violin over it. Vampires yeah. coming home, and now they're just both ignoring the things that they don't like about each other. Mm-hmm. It's just like it ends on this awful abusive note. Just, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> what are you staring at? Who are you looking at? <laughs> now, now we're just bullying our producer. We would never bully our audience. <laughs> like we do at the beginning of almost every segment. In any case, thanks so much for joining us for this episode. That was pretty great. Uh, reach out to us on the Off the Notepad email, offthenotepad at gmail.com, or our Instagram, Off the Notepad. Because you should already be following us. You're not already following us? <laughs> That's embarrassing. You better catch up quick. But yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.